Hey everyone, welcome to the My Nights Are Booked podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Pollock, and I am so excited to talk to you today because it is September 25th. It is one week until the premiere of Interview with a Vampire on AMC. And if you listened to the last podcast, you know that I am over the moon excited about this series and the actors and the story and this version of New Orleans coming to life in, in a whole new way. And I am just so friggin' excited about the Anne Rice Immortal Universe. I can't, I, I can't even imagine if this series, if, if this, the first seven episodes, if, geez, even if the first episode is any indication of how amazing this universe is going to be as they build it out, we are in for one hell of a ride and it is going to be so much fun. I thought I'd talk to you today. I've I've had a lot of thoughts going through my brain. You know, obviously, I'm a huge fan of the series, and I'm a huge fan of what I've seen. I've seen the first five episodes, and they're amazing. And I can't still can't get into detail and and, and review spoilers or anything like that. Um, and you wouldn't want me to anyway. You want to be you want to go into it with a, a pure and untainted view of what the show is because. I think that's the best way. I mean, you know, reviews should be, uh, shouldn't be biased. You know, I, I liked the show. I think you're going to like the show. That said, you know, not everybody was into the show. And so I thought I would do this episode of the podcast. And initially I was going to call it the trouble with time, but in preparing for it, I decided that the best title for this podcast episode is going to be read between the lines. And if you've read the Vampire Lestat recently, like me, you know that that's actually a line that Lestat uses um, when he's talking about the events of Interview with a Vampire. Towards the end of the book, and just to kind of back up in case, you know, in case you've forgotten or in case you're not familiar, towards the end of the book, uh, the epilogue before the concert is titled Interview with a Vampire, and it's when Lestat kind of reckons with everything that happened in Louis's retelling of their story. Now, in this in this world, Interview with a Vampire was published in 1976, which is true here. It's true in, in it was published in 1976. The Vampire Lestat was published in 1985. So a lot has happened in, in terms of perspective. In the, the, there's no question that Anne Rice, upon finishing that book, you know, which was written largely out of grief for her daughter, um, you know, she arrives in the 80s and realizes how much she's fallen in love with the vampire Lestat, who was modeled after her husband, Stan Rice. Um, so the character shifted. You could even say she retconned the character because the the Lestat that that takes over in the narrative in the vampire Lestat is very different from the vampire Lestat that we know from interview with a vampire, the book, especially, um, you know, and, and like any relationship or any, you know, any, anything really, there's always that, that third perspective. There's, you know, my perspective, your perspective, and then what actually happened. And you really start to realize that, Louis only had so many pieces of the puzzle and there's a whole lot. We're going to, we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about it because it's not, it's not his fault and it's not Lestat's fault 
to a degree. It is and it isn't. We're going to get into that. But it's just funny how hindsight plays a role in this, that, you know, years can pass and you can go back and look at something and see it differently when you have a different perspective to share. And that's the reason that this is important is because that's exactly what they're doing in the series. And it's not a spoiler to say it's, it's in the previews. Uh, it's not a spoiler to say that, that Louis in the, the series is going back 50 years after giving his initial interview to Daniel Malloy to correct some of the things that he had said. And, you know, whether we don't know the motivation for it necessarily, but we do know that by this point in Anne Rice's world, a lot's happened and Lestat and Louis are in a very different place in, you know, if, if you look at the Prince Lestat, that was written in, in 2014. So if you can imagine, you know, their, their relationship kind of developing, you know, there was a lot that happened at the end of Memnock the Devil and the Vampire Armand and Louis was around for all of these things. He never really strayed from Lestat's side after the Vampire Lestat. And I think that says a lot. They, they did a lot to rekindle their, their relationship. And, and a lot of people, especially reading reviews recently, have kind of termed their relationship as toxic. But in my opinion, and again, I'm not, I'm not condoning some of the stuff in the, in, in Interview with a Vampire. I'm not condoning, you know, the, their relationship, but I'm not necessarily hedging from the term toxic, but I think it's worth pointing out that there is a matter of perspective that's missing from Louis's telling of this story. And I think that's what really comes out in the vampire Lestat. And that's what prompts him to use this, you know, to say like read between the lines. Um, you know, there's, there's no question as you're reading the vampire Lestat, you know, he's, he's talking about his intense love for Louis. That's what made him, he fell in love with Louis and he wanted to be with Louis and he, that's what made him choose Louis as a vampire, you know, to make him into a vampire. He's, he was just, he was absolutely, he says, after reaching New Orleans, he says, I fell fatally in love with Louis. And you can see that. I mean, he becomes captivated by Louis. And one of the things that I think is really interesting is that and this is something, again, that Louis doesn't understand, but in the Vampire Lestat, so kind of keeping, you know, let's, we'll step away from the series uh, briefly, but they were together for 65 years. And Lestat says, and though Louis did not know it when he wrote his chronicle, 65 years is a phenomenal time for any bond in our world. So you imagine, you know, a couple in, in our world in reality uh, being together for 65 years. And you can imagine they've had their shares of ups and downs and their, their shares of arguments and fights and, and the happiest of moments and the, the most horrific of moments. They've had all of those things. So it's interesting because Louis doesn't understand that. And he doesn't understand that because Lestat did a really shitty job of kind of educating him of all of these things. But you could also argue that Lestat was trying to protect him because Lestat had just come out of a whole lot of stuff coming out of Europe and leaving, you know, leaving Europe, leaving the old world for the new world. He'd seen a lot by that point. And there is a case to be made that 
you know, maybe he was protecting Louie and saying like, you don't, don't, don't do this. You know, you don't need to know this stuff because there's some pretty dark shit out there that you don't, you don't want to get involved in. Now we all know that that's, that's not the way to go. That's, that's really not the way to go. It's like trying to keep your kids, you know, if, if you have kids, I don't have kids, but I've seen the result of the kind of parenting where you shield your kids from everything thinking that you're doing them a favor, but then when they get out into the real world themselves, they realize, you know, you start to realize that they have zero preparation for what's really out there. So there is something to be said about that. But in this case, you know, I, I don't think that there was, there, there's a sense in Interview with a Vampire that, that it was done maliciously. And I don't, I've never had that sense. And again, I'm not, I'm not the authority on this. I'm just telling you what I feel. I've never felt that there was a malicious intent from Lestat towards Louis. It was more that Lestat didn't have the maturity to understand what he was doing when he made Louis and, and, and fell so head over heels in love with someone who was so vastly different from Nikki and so vastly different from Gabrielle or Gabrielle and, and so vastly different from all of the vampires he'd encountered. You know, this was, this was someone that he, he fell in love with. He made into a vampire. They had a relationship, but they had a, a child together. And I don't know that he had the maturity, even at that point, even after being, you know, alive for as long as he had, I don't think that he really had the ability to understand exactly what he had done. So there's a lot to be said about that. And, and I think that, you know, it'll be fascinating to see how they explore this in the future. But, you know, some of the things that really stand out are the ways that, that Louis talks about, you know, he, he, he goes back and addresses some of these things. He, he goes on to say, you know, that, that um, he said, this is the tale that was told by Louis in the interview with a vampire, which for all its contradictions and terrible misunderstandings manages to capture the atmosphere in which Claudia and Louis and I came together and stayed together for 65 years. And again, thinking back to that old couple, you know, that's been together for 65, 70 years, you know, you can imagine that it's, it's not easy to share that much time with people. I mean, I'm, personally of the opinion that there should be leases on marriage and you can renew your lease if you feel like you're doing things are going okay and if you need to get out of the marriage you just don't renew it i'm not i'm not a huge fan of of divorce per se but i i also see the need to have kind of that escape i'll call it an escape clause but you know i i don't know that you're supposed that you know not everybody is cut out to be together for that long of a time without going crazy but what I do, you know, one of the things, um, you know, in, in getting to this part, you know, towards the end of the Vampire Lestat, it's right before the concert and um, he's reflecting all, all of these things. And he says, um, you know, but little things like this don't really matter. He's referring to, um, you know, when Louis said that he was he was tormenting his victims and, you know, treating them like like pray and, and, you know, that they were innocent strangers. And he, he says, well, no, actually they were, they were all evil. Louis just didn't know it. He didn't realize what was going on. Um, so he says, you know, but things like this don't really matter. He told the tale as he believed it. And there is a, a startling maturity to that statement. You know, he's not, he's not upset for Louis having told this tale because Louis telling the tale the only way he knows how 
it's the only tale that he knows because that's what he experienced. And I think that does demonstrate some growth from Lestat because he's able to, to see that the only reason Louis thinks that is because he didn't present him with any other way of seeing it. And that says a lot. That says a lot about where Louis was as a result of the lack of, of preparation, the lack of communication, the lack of education and the lack of life experience that he had up until that point, when you think about it. So it, it's a fascinating thing. Um, but, you know, one of the things that, that really stands out, and this is the, the, the last passage I, uh, or actually I take that back. Let me, let me read to you another passage, which kind of emphasizes this. As for the lies he told, the mistake he made, well, I forgive him his excess of imagination, his bitterness, and his vanity, which, after all, was never very great. I never revealed to him half my powers, and with reason, because he shrank in guilt and self-loathing from using even half of his own. This is one of those, those moments where you realize the power imbalance that existed between Lestat and Louis and how that impacted their relationship. Does it make their relationship toxic? Probably. I mean, anytime you have a power imbalance, be it a, 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 an employee and an employer, a, a professor and a student, uh, an older person and a younger person, that power imbalance can cause a lot of problems for a relationship. But when there's so much at stake, you know, it, it, this kind of relationship uh, between these powerful creatures who are capable of, of so much, uh, the intensity of the emotion, the, um, you know, the fact that they have to kill to survive, the lack of, of openness is, is enhanced and multiplied so much because they are, they're powerful beings. And it's, it's incredible to think of, of just, what not having that information can do. And I think it's, it's very fascinating, but what leads him to say, to use this line, read between the lines is he talks about the moments of happiness in their relationship. And this is something that Louis doesn't talk about. Interestingly enough, he doesn't highlight these moments in his book, in his retelling to Daniel in 1970, you know, in the 1970s, he doesn't, he doesn't talk about the good times. He, it's almost entirely the bad times. And I think that's, that's an important piece to remember as we look at the series. Lestat says, and why should I bother to tell of the times he came to me in wretched anxiety, begging me to never leave him? of the times we walked together and talked together, acted Shakespeare together for Claudia's amusement, or went arm in arm to hunt the riverfront taverns or to waltz with the dark-skinned beauties of the celebrated quadroon balls. And then he says, read between the lines. And he goes on to talk about how he betrayed Louis when he created Louis and didn't give him the background that he needed and, and how his ultimate act of kind of self-destruction was in creating Claudia, who he thought would be the solution to the issues with Louis, and it only exacerbated their issues, their relationship issues. It's a fascinating thing, and I, I think it'll be interesting to see that explored, but one of the reasons that I bring it up is that 
the Lestat that we get in the series is so much more compelling because it's a, it's a amalgamation of all of these versions of Lestat that come after Interview with a Vampire. It's not, if you only had the Lestat from Interview with a Vampire, I don't think it would be that great of a story, honestly. As much as I love the story, I love Anne Rice's work uh, in, in writing the story, it's not a dimensional character because it's told entirely from the perspective of one person and one person's perspective can be entirely skewed. So we're only given as much as, as Louis is able to give us and having, you know, having a more dimensional Lestat who reflects some of these things from the vampire Lestat from the, you know, from his own story, I think presents an, a, a more compelling story overall. And I think that's one of the things that I really look forward to, because if they can create that version now, imagine the Lestat that we're going to be getting as they get to the Vampire Lestat, as they, they bring Queen of the Damned to life, Tale of the Body Thief. I mean, imagine these stories. It's going to be insane to see Sam Reed bringing that version of Lestat to life. And but But being able to see that now, I feel like it makes the series so much more enjoyable because... It's not all doom and gloom. There is a lot to look forward to and seeing those little moments in their relationship when they were happy and see how the relationship evolved over the years. I think that was something you couldn't possibly capture that in the 1994 movie. It's impossible to capture that something like that because you only have two hours to work. So having the time in the series to be able to do that is something that's, that's, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. One of the things, you know, as we shift now, um, I did want to talk a little bit about some of the things that I've, I've been seeing in reviews. Um, and it's really interesting. Now, I'm not, you know, I, I one thing I cannot, cannot tolerate is gatekeeping in a fandom, um, you know, where, where you have people who are, quote unquote, you know, lifelong fans, diehard fans, uh, you know, fans who think they know everything about everything there is to know about a subject, who shun or uh, make fun of or prevent other people from coming into a fandom because they don't know as much or they like things that have been changed that, you know, change the nature of the story. Um, you know, so gatekeeping, I'm, I'm worried that that's going to be a thing for this series because there have been changes. So the classic fans aren't going to like certain aspects. I, I personally think that the, the changes in the series make the series stronger um, but that's just my opinion. We all get an opinion. But one of the things that kind of stood out to me as I was reading other reviews is you can really tell who has read the books versus who has read the books and seen the 1994 movie and the people who have never read the books and only watched the movie as an indication of, of, of source material in writing their reviews. It's a really fascinating thing. And the, the thing, the reason that I say that is that I kept seeing the term toxic relationship. And, you know, when I think of toxic relationships, I, I'm going to, I'll be totally honest with you. When I think of toxic relationships, I think of 90 day fiance and all of the stuff that you see with these, these people that are, are, you know, they're, they're horrible to each other. I don't think that Lestat and Louis have that kind of a toxic relationship. I think there's a power imbalance. Absolutely. There is a, you know, the, the difference in experience 
puts them at different levels and, and you absolutely see that. Um, there's, you know, that the, their ages are different. Their life experience is different. Their philosophies are different. You know, as, as Lestat said, you know, as, as in some of those passages, you know, that Louis is one of the most human creatures of all of the vampires. Like he's the most closely linked to his humanity. So Louis has a very different respect, perspective, whereas for Lestat and, and even Claudia, that, you know, killing becomes a game and everything is is different for them. And so you can see where Louis would would present things differently because of that 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 link that they don't share that, you know, that. But then again, again, this goes back to the lack of of understanding, because you can imagine if Louis in 1985 reads this book and understands Lestat's story in a way that he's never understood it before. It's interesting that, that Louis shows up before the concert to kind of try and talk Lestat out of it. And he's the one who's there with Gabriel trying to, to rescue him from this situation. I mean, he's, and he's there, he's there, you know, watching over him at the chapel after the whole Memnock fiasco He's there, you know, at his side as he's presiding over court later on. Louis always there for him. And there's something, there's something that they, they reconnect because they see something that they didn't have before. All of the cards are on the table later on in their relationship. And when those cards are on the table, Louis realizes all of the things that he didn't know. And for him, it's enough for him to go back to him. And... I think for Lestat, you know, against, again, it kind of is tied to this notion of protection. You know, he thought he was doing the right thing by protecting Louis from some of these things and saying, you know, don't worry about what you don't know because it's actually better. That never works, but I think there is a, there is a sense of, of someone trying to do the right thing by taking that approach. It just, it just doesn't work and it never works. It will never, ever, ever work. But you can see where somebody would be like, well, you know, maybe, maybe it will work. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm doing the right thing. If I can just keep them here and keep this going, they'll never have to know about what's going on over in Europe. They'll never have to know about Armand and the vampires and the theater. And, and, you know, that they'll never have to know any of those things, but it doesn't work that way, unfortunately. But I do have, I do take issue with the notion that their relationship is toxic because if we're being honest, I think I, I, I've always had a huge problem with Romeo and Juliet. That's a toxic relationship. That is one of the worst relationships. People are like, oh, it's so romantic. Bullshit. Again, my opinion, I, I, I do not fault those of you who, who appreciate the story. That's great. If you got that out of it, that is fantastic. I personally cannot stand that story because I think it's so toxic. In fact, so many of the relationships, I mean, you guys, I, I read romance like crazy. I review romance novels as part of my job. There are lots of toxic relationships out there. There are also relationships that present as toxic, but then when you get the other pieces of the puzzle, you realize that it's not toxic so much as it's just based on a huge misunderstanding. That doesn't make it right. But it does make it 
something that you have to consider and you have to wonder, you know, you have to kind of look at all of the pieces presented to you. The reason that this story is different, that Louis and Lestat's story is so different is because we have years and years and years of story after Interview with a Vampire. If it had ended with Interview with a Vampire, then 100%, I think we could all rule that they have one of the most toxic relationships out there. But then when you start to realize that a lot of what Louis' story in Interview with a Vampire was, when you realize how many things he got wrong, how many perspectives that he didn't have, um, the information that he didn't have, maybe he was being kind of blinded by his own bias, um, you start to realize that it, it, it really isn't, it's not everything that you, it's not all that it seems. And I think that's important. So it's hard to say. It's really hard to say. But as we, you know, as we move towards Interview with a Vampire, I, I just, I really had to, I really had to know. I went back and I was like, you know, there's, there's just no way in my mind that I can, I can look at this from an objective standpoint and rule that it's a toxic relationship because it, it really isn't. It really isn't. And again, that's 100% my opinion. One of these days, I know there are a lot of you out there who love Armand and love Marius. And Marius is one of my favorite characters of the entire Vampire Chronicles. And I think I had a really interesting conversation with someone on Twitter about his, about Marius being like one of the most toxic individuals in the Vampire Chronicles. And... I get that. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to it, right? There's, there's so much to that relationship between Marius and Armand. And then, you know, later on between Armand and Daniel, there's, there's a lot there. Um, but I think it's really fascinating when you break it down and you look at Marius as a caretaker and it is at his foundation, he thinks he's helping people by taking care of them, even though it could be stifling, even though it can be overbearing. Again, he's the sum of his experience. And so in his experience, people need this because he never had it, but it never turns out quite the way he expects it. And I think when you look at, at Anne Rice's world, perspective has so much to do with everything, every decision, every way that, that events unfold. So that you can, you can argue, you can, you can make certain arguments. I mean, are there people who are just evil for the sake of being evil? Absolutely. Do I believe that any of these characters, Lestat, Louis, Armand, Marius, Gabrielle, any of these characters are evil? No, I don't. But I think they are the, the sum of their parts. And for some of them, they've been able to adapt and move on. And for some, they haven't. And I think that's what, you know, kind of becomes really fascinating to me. So I hope we get to see all of that play out. But again, I just, as I'm thinking about Lestat and Louis' relationship, and as I'm thinking about the series and, and the episodes I've seen and, and what I, what you can come to expect, I love that it's a more balanced approach to the story. You will see that. You will see the intensity of their attraction you can see it in the in the commercials and the previews. This isn't again. This isn't spoilers. This is this is it's all there. They lay it all out there in the previews and the trailers. 
you can see the love that they have for each other. But as Lestat says in The Vampire Lestat, now I, I don't know how long they're they're together in the series because we haven't gotten, you know, the series hasn't aired yet. But uh, in the books, you know, he does comment that 65 years together is is unheard of, but they do it. They did it. And I think there's something to be said about that. So I'm going to leave it right there for you for now. I have a lot more to say, a lot more. I have so many more thoughts and I really want to get into some of these characters and, and, and dive down into these characters. So in the next couple podcasts, we'll be, we'll be doing that. But as always, if you've made it to the end of the podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I appreciate each and every one of you, all of the comments that I get, all of the, uh, the suggestions and the ideas and the feedback. And if you have ideas for future podcasts, let me know. I would love to hear them. I'd love to know what you think of this podcast. I'd love to know what you think about whether Louis and Lestat has a toxic, have a toxic relationship. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that any of these characters are intrinsically evil? Do you think they're misunderstood? Let me hear it all. I want to hear it all. Hit me up on Twitter at Sarah Beth Pollock. And um, yeah, Walter, we have lots more to talk about. And on one final note, if you are on a platform where you can subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, that is immensely helpful for me because this is all my own little deal. It's not, uh, it's not part of my job. It's just something that I do for fun. So uh, I love bringing the podcast to you. And, and uh, so I want to keep doing that. So thank you so much for your support. And until next time, vampire boys and girls and everybody else, thank you so much.